Support Black Podcast. Talking My Team is the brainchild of two friends who are both passionate fans of football. JP and the mayor enjoy every facet of the game, but they never found one podcast where people sounded exactly like them. So they figured that the only way that they were going to get a perspective like the one that they have meant that they would have to produce it themselves. And thus was born Talking My Team Podcast Network. Uncensored, raw, and most of all, a speak that is strictly from the fans' point of view. The definitive statement about the Talking My Team Podcast Network is, is as real as it gets. Go on to SoundCloud, support Talking My Team Network with JP and the mayor, the man, Dan Dinkins, Talking My Team Network. Support Black Podcast. Welcome once again to another stop of the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul on GTownRadio.com, Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. And I'm joined as always. Yo, how about your boy? This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And tonight we are going to talk about one of the true classics of black cinema. This is really a film that there was a before and an after. 1971's Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, a film by Melvin Van Peebles. But before we start, have any business, Mr. Webb? Why, yes, Vince, we do. All right. Thanks to all of our Michelle missionaries that hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and also email us via Michelle Mission at gmail.com, including Shari D, who hit us up about passing and some other stuff. Hello, Vince and Len. Hey. I enjoyed your Fences episode. Oh, good. I, too, have long admired uh, McKellatai Williamson's massive talent. I remember him from a show back in the day called The Righteous Apples, back when he was Mikkel T. Williamson. But he was born Michael T. Williamson, I believe. Oh, okay. I do remember when, it, for a moment, he was Mikkel T. Williamson. I don't remember that at all, I so do. this is interesting already. I'm looking forward to the Imitation of Life episode, whichever version you plan to do. Did you ever see 1949's Lost Boundaries based on a true story? The passing parents didn't even tell their own children that they were all black until it was discovered one day by an outsider. When Mm. their son learns that he's black, in the film version anyway, he does what anybody would do in that situation, right? He goes to Harlem. (laughs) That's that's actually not a f- bad first thing to do when you discover you're black. <laughs> when in Rome, 
I believe that the principal actors in Lost Boundaries playing the immediate family are all white, but there are some strong supporting black actors. I guess this movie would be con- would also be considered a black film as passing is the main subject of the film, unlike both versions of Imitation of Life, where there are a few other plots slash relationships going on besides the passing issue. It is based on a real black family who are passing, but again, the main actors are white. So is it a black film? Lastly, I think that the device on which I listened to you might be defective. I thought I heard you say that we'll be boarding the soul plane. (laughs) Before the right thing is done. Heavens to spike. That can't be right, can it? Anyway, thanks so much for what you do and how you do it. Best of best, Sherry T. Not your cousin, my esteemed brothers on a righteous mission. Unbeknownst to most black people, Sherry, you, in (laughs) fact, do have to board the soul plane to take you to where the right thing is. To where the right thing is. That's right. You got to. All roads go through soul plane. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We got to own our own airline. Right, right. And it's called soul plane. And it's called soul plane. Uh, She asked an interesting question about the movie Lost Boundaries uh, because. Passing is the main topic of the film. Right. Which, again, another strike against the 1959 imitation of life. I don't think it's the main topic of that film. Right. Um, which makes no sense. But uh, but since it is dis- definitely the, the main topic of this film, Lost Boundaries, however, the actors are all white. Yes. Which leads me to believe that the producers and directors are probably white. Oh, well, that goes without saying. Would you consider that a black film? I would. I would. I mean, we'll talk about this much, much more next week. But, but again, I don't think, I don't, I don't know what subject is more uniquely African-American than passing. Okay. You, you know, I really don't like, like, I really do think that, that, and, and, you know, my argument not my argument, but my view that, you know, I'm uncomfortable talking about African movies from the diaspora, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm right in the pocket here in America. Right. And again, you know, obviously issues of, of slavery. Um, yeah. I don't know what's, what's, what's a more uniquely African-American subject than passing. I mean, I'm sure there are some, like obviously our culture isn't just slavery but but you know i don't know who else has really dealt with that like we have i mean when you consider the the way that people pass and 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 sort of the logistics of passing right rather right. like that's so african american that i would say it is black sight unseen but like i said i suspect by the look on your face we'll be talking about this much more next week yeah, I think we're going to have to get into this. Yeah. <laughs> Just a wee bit, a wee bit, my brother. Um, but I, I'm interested in that. I actually is doing some research for 
the film that we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, just, uh, just in looking, it was interesting that I found a lot of movies, not a lot, but more than a few movies that are about similar topics about passing. Oh yeah. You know, so it's, it's very cool. Um, Shari, thank you so much for that email. Yeah, absolutely. She also mentioned in the email how much she loved our uh, Fences episode. Yes, We thank also you. heard from Vincent Slaughter. Oh, good name. Who said that he loved this episode and made him want to go back and listen to the Moonlight episode as well. Oh, good. And Robert Monroe. What's up, Robert? Said, uh, spoke about how he loved this film. The Michelle Mission did it justice. Thank you. Watching this in the theater. I kept thinking about an old girlfriend who was encouraging me to try acting. I never did. And watching those incredible performances on the screen, I regret it never trying. And Viola Davis was robbed. They put her in the Best Supporting Actress because the assumption was that Meryl Streep was going to win as Best Actor. Right. Actress. Um, But Emma Stone one, and it goes without saying that Viola Davis can act circles around Emma Stone while having the flu and a hundred three degree temperature. Yes, all true. Uh, all very, which very of true. course you know speaks to what I always say about the politics of the Oscars. But there you go. All right. <laughs> um, Going staying here in our Facebook group where there are more than a few little polls going on up here. A lot of people having having fun at Facebook. I, I like that. I love it. Yeah. That's what it's there for, ladies and gentlemen. It's a uh, nice little community we got going. Yes, it is. Again, people I want to hang out with. The bougie square society. Yes, yes. I just like saying that. I know. Bougie square society. Yes. Has great now that is my cousin. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Cousin in law. Oh, cool. Married to my cousin. But now my cousin. Okay. Because, you know, you get married, you do that candle. You do the candle where they take the families take the two candles and then they light the one candle. Right. Now you one family. Cool. Also a fire hazard. <laughs> Very true. Now, Bougie Square Society, is that a thing? I, that is, he has a company. A company. A good, bougie you know, Square Society. Mm-hmm. Don't they do like, like uh, T-shirts, t-shirts and, and, and stuff like that? sweatshirts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I went to their site. It's some cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's pretty dope. My yeah, people yeah. are cool. Your people are are lit. <laughs> That's what the young people say. <laughs> or, or on fleek. Yes. Yes. Some such stuff. Uh, <laughs> so you got to check them out. Uh, so Bougie Square Society. Posted asking for thoughts on the the chai. Yeah, the chai. Is, is it the chai or the chai? Well, I want it's, it's yeah. Chicago. Yeah, but it's so le- right. Say, so it's Lena Waithe's show. Yeah, um, which is a Showtime show. Right. Um, Lena Waithe, and I think Common is also like a producer on there. Right, right. But I think of her because she's actually the creator. Right, she's the creator right. of the show. And she had my favorite episode of Master of None. Oh really? Last year, you know the the where Lena comes out, the coming out episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to it. So you haven't seen the 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 shy? Or no, I haven't. Or she. See now, there's a, a few people on on the face in the Facebook group uh, talk about how they uh, have enjoyed it so far. Vincent Slaughter, who is um, who's becoming a regular on the yeah 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 yeah. Event, so do your thing. Um, said that it was well made, but it seems like a series of bad decisions that will be frustrating to watch. Uh, uh, 
Ver, Veranja, Veranja Blake said that um, there was a little somebody on the show that with locks who um, they thought was a girl and apparently is not a girl. Okay. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. My only apprehension, my apprehension is this. I am a huge devotee of very old TV series, St. Elsewhere. Yes. Right? Which took place in a Boston hospital. Loved every single moment of that. The show that introduced Denzel Washington. Yes. Including, uh, and as well as David Morris and Howie Bandell and a bunch of other people. Um, uh, Alfred Woodard was on that show as well. Love that show. And ever since that show went off the air in like, I guess like the late eighties or mid eight, late eighties, you know, there have been other heralded medical hospital shows, ER, Chicago med, Grey's anatomy, tons of them. And I've looked in on probably a little bit of all of them. Okay. Right. And some of them seem, you know, okay for what they're doing. But it all just comes across to me as just eh, this is this is a $3 saying elsewhere. Okay. And saying elsewhere is regarded as one of the greatest shows of of all time. I'm not saying it's like top 20, but it's certainly top 50. Absolutely. So, I'm like I don't really need to see them. See these shows because the, Somewhere down the lines, the story plots are going to be run similar. You know, some doctor's going to get sick. Now, the shot is not a medical show. I understand that. Okay. Here's my point. All right. I'm going with that. So I I tend not to watch those those medical shows because St. Elsewhere is so heralded in my my eyes. Okay. Right? The same with a lot of, like, beat cop shows because Hill Street Blues is so heralded in my eye. Right. Now we come to the shy. Which looks pretty decent, right? Right. From, from the commercials that I've seen. However, in my head, I have two shows that, for the most part, at least from what I can see, have given me what I think the shy is, is trying to give me. Okay. The Corner, which was just a miniseries. Yes. And, of course... The Wire. Right. So in in particularly what, that fourth season with the kids or just in general? Particularly that fourth season with the kids. Right. But in general as well, because because that fourth season with the kids as uh, as spectacular as it was. Right. It resonates all the more because of you're you're also invested in what's going on in the city. Right. And seeing where the cops have come from this point, where you're seeing where the drug dealers have come from this point, and now it's permeating, seeing how it permeates now straight down to the kids. So having those in my pocket, and because I watched The Wire probably once a year. You're right. Absolutely. Rewatch it. When I see the commercials for The Shy, I'm like, do I need to see that? I got The Wire. I think the thing about The Wire and The Corner is that they are so Baltimore. Like, I know inner cities have similarities. Mm -hmm. But I do think, put it this way, I think I would be more apt to sign up for this argument if it was about Detroit. 
and you would say, oh, well, because in my mind, Detroit is the closest city that reminds me of Baltimore. Really? Yeah, like that just where where just just that 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 blue collar working class infrastructure is completely gone. Mm. Like just completely gone. Like Cut like it out of like, it, like, yeah. like not to go not not to get too off top but 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 it was a real adjustment for me moving to Philadelphia. Where you know Philadelphia has has areas that obviously are challenged, mm-hmm. and and but there's something about a city that there there are just vast stretches of it that that are just completely detached from a working city and from my little bit of understanding of Chicago, because I don't know Chicago enough to really speak on it. Mm-hmm. It's a different beast yeah. than Baltimore. So that's the first thing. The second thing is frankly, I trust Lena Waithe. Okay. Like if somebody else was writing it, I would, I would say, you know, I'd be more apt to write it off. Gotcha. You know, and you know, just to circle back to the wire, I think a, a perfect example of how, the wire kind of has this kind of real Baltimoreness to it. It's like you compare the wire to something like Treme, right? Both David Simon, mm-hmm. both cities that are dealing with challenges, both, you know, the have wire with a Baltimore Treme it, with, with New Orleans. Orleans, New Orleans, you know, after, after um, Katrina. Katrina, but you know, if you know anything about New Orleans, you know, New Orleans has always had challenges. Yes. And, there are distinct differences in the shows. in the shows and in the challenges. Yes. So I would say give the shy a chance. Like it, I think it might do something different. Different. Speak differently. Yes. Okay. So fair enough. I will give it a chance. Yeah, I will give it. But that was my hesitancy. No, no, no. I get it absolutely on giving it a chance. But I, I certainly shall. I think the difference between like those workplace shows that you talk about is that it's difficult to carve out a culture in police station A versus police station B. Mm-hmm. And I think the best television shows like this, the city is a character in the show. Yeah. And I think The Wire at its best, the city was a character. Now, yes. this is the point where I'm going to get into a fight with my fellow Baltimoreans because, you you know, all the way back to the to homicide, frankly, it's been a raging battle among people from Baltimore about how David Simon depicts Baltimore. Baltimore. And, you know, my my whole argument is that because of the show's that he's making you don't get the totality of baltimore right but that is a part of our story Mm -hmm. like you know the argument that he only focuses on this particular part i think is a good argument that's an argument but you know i think it's just the nature of you're making a show about crime you're making a show about drugs you're making like like there's really no room to to talk about you know the 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 poly city game that's been going on for a hundred years yeah but It's very much, I think, a lot of it rings true. Mm-hmm. So, all right. all right. Aaron Fry also is having fun in the Facebook group. What's up, Aaron? Talking about Turner Classic Movies was recently airing yeah. four of his favorite old movies in a row. 
Sergeant Rutledge, Sounder, a patch of blue, and a warm December. If yeah, you're good looking out on, on warm, giving us a heads up for that. The ones to watch and, and enjoy. Actually, the day that it was showing those movies, um, I actually was going to be out for that day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, that looks like it's be some... Because we we had just spoken about Sergeant Rutledge. Yeah, yeah. So that really looked interesting. I'm not a Sounder guy. Right. But um, I like Sounder a lot. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I'm just not a guy. I, yeah, 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 for me. But that still would have been fun. Yeah. To sit down. And, and you have you seen A Patch of Blue? I've not seen it. I've heard good things. Yeah, about I love it. A Patch of Blue. And I'm not familiar with A Warm, a warm December. December. Yeah, but that, that's the best. That's the best type. That's one of the reasons why I like Turner Classic movies. Right. Like, like I don't have cable. I have. I get Turner Classic movies th- via Sling, um, and sometimes I'll just plop down and just watch an old movie that uh, either I've heard a lot about and just never really caught, right? Or just looks interesting. Stars an actor that I've you know, right? Have some renown for. So I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. So. Hopefully those will be on demand. Yes. And I will catch them soon. Yes. Uh, and finally, today is January 15th. Yes, it is. The 15th. So four days ago. Yes. The world was reintroduced. 16th. Today is the, we're taping on the 16th. I'm sorry. Today okay. is January 16th. All right, so we're five days ago. Five world, days ago. The world was reintroduced. Reintroduced to. to single dude oh my god let me tell you uh-oh watch out now let me tell you brother now i have long had a thing for queen latifah i think queen latifah is one of the most beautiful uh bold yeah. women i have ever met and absolutely I've always found that devoutly attractive yes i also have a very deep, sweet spot in my heart for Kim Fields. I mean, of course. I think Kim Fields is just... Of I, course. I think, I think she is just like a chocolate chip cookie. And a chocolate chip cookie is the only cookie in the world that I eat. You have mentioned that. And I think she is the best chocolate chip cookie. Just just delicious. That being said, mm-hmm. when Living Single hit the airwaves... Yes. And a young... Erica Alexander. She ain't look like she looked on the Cosby show. No, 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 she did not. No, she did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the moment I gave my heart to Erica. Yeah. Erica Alexander could do no wrong. The show was an excellent show. Quiet as kept, ladies and gentlemen. This show was friends before friends and better let's just say than it. friends friends stole their concept from living single totally like you know totally 
and 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 erased all the white all the black people. Yeah. To they were shamed to bring Aisha Tyler in there. Um but this show was was smart. Yes. It was funny. Yes. It was um it was thoughtful, it was pro- thought provoking, it was timely. It was uh extremely well acted. Great images. Fantastic images, beautiful. It was a beautiful display of the African diaspora and, Af- and black culture on on television. A fantastic cast that had immense camaraderie and were one hundred percent unselfish with one another. Right. It was a true ensemble. It was a true ensemble. This was a movie. I mean, a, a TV series that when it was put together was built around the known stars who were Latifah and Kim Fields. Right. You know, the others were working actors, um, but it was built around those two. And yet they smartly knew that, Hey, we will all succeed. Right. Right. Everybody shines. Right. And everybody had a moment to shine on that series from the beginning of this series until the very last episode. And for all of you devotees who believe that how important a show that Martin was, and I'm not knocking the importance of Martin, but M- Martin, that TV series, which preceded this show, mm-hmm. Martin, after its second season, became <laughs> not even a shadow Right of itself became just a a, 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 a laughing stock of a TV series, and I think honestly it was the poor light of Martin that cast a bad shadow on Living Single. Oh, that's interesting. Ratings wise, right, which right. is why that show did not become become as heralded as it as it should right. have been. I think about a show that was a good show as well um, that came I think a few years later, Girlfriends. Yes, the Kelsey Grammer show. Yes, which never raised to like immense heights. Loved girlfriends, but was a good show and well held and critically acclaimed show. Yeah, for the low ratings that it got, and I think that was just basically because of this the network that it was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it was an acclaimed show, you know, because it was around shows. It was it was at one point it was like the centerpiece of the black comedies that were on, I think either WB or C. Right, right. That whole wave. Right. Yeah. Um, and thus it was allowed, it was allowed to shine and, and develop and even go more. I mean, it, it it quickly became a show that wasn't so much about the laughs anymore. It's about just a, a truly character driven show in its last few seasons. Yeah. And I think that that is where Living Single could have been headed to if it it had, you know, such uh, precious real estate television uh, wise as Girlfriends did. Living Single was ahead of its time, and I praise you, Hulu, yeah. for bringing this back. Shame on, shame on Netflix, who wants to remake One Day at a Time, which. Wasn't that great of a show when it was out, right? And they pretty much put on a, a not that great a show now. And then I don't know who was asking for the the rebooting of Full House. I, 
you you never would have gotten Queen Latifah and Kim Fields and Erica Alexander for Living Single. But if any if any show could be rebooted as something like Living Single, but I'm glad that Hulu is bring, mm. brought it back in mass. I don't know if that's true. I, first of all, I think you could get Kim Fields on a show. You probably and, could get her on a show. And yeah. I bet Mara Brock Akil could get Queen Latifah for you know a couple of episodes. A couple of episodes. I don't know. She's on Star now. I mean, yeah. Is that still on? Well, as far as I know. Is it actually still on? Yeah. But yeah, I'm a huge... It's You know, I'm not a big living single fan. Like, I like living single. And, I, and like, people like people are really, really devoted to uh, living single. Like, I remember... Living single was actually the first petition that I remember. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, when yeah. it got canceled, mm-hmm. I remember people around me being very vocal about trying to keep living single on. But I've always respected... I love the Akeels. Yeah. I love Mara Brock and Salim Akeel, which, you know, appropriately enough, their new show is coming on the night that we're, shape, that we're taping this. That's right. And and it's Black Lightning. Yep. Which is getting really good reviews. So I've heard. Which is, you know... You sound amazed. I'm, I'm very much amazed because I pretty much ignore all of those CW superhero shows. I have this season as well. So, you know, people saying, no, this is something else going on. And I knew the Akeels were involved. I'm, you know, I am taping it. But, okay. but yeah, I'm, I'm very happy for Living Single. I'm very happy for the huge fan base mm-hmm. that Living Single has continuously had. Yeah. And, and you know, let's just say it. I think I think you know we are prime in remakes. Let's just go down the line. Martin is never going to happen because of the interpersonal issues on that set. Are you talking about like possible remakes? Like the or not even remakes, like just like they're doing with Roseanne in Fuller oh, House okay. where you just bring it back. Oh yeah, and and they did with uh, what's the name? Um Will and Grace. Will and Grace yeah. and and Fuller House. Like you talk about yeah. you but I mean, so you know so Martin's never going to happen. Martin's never going to happen. I feel like we could look across the field and we could see a different world. But now that's never going to happen. Yeah. I don't think anything's going to happen with with different world while Bill Cosby is alive. Frankly. So, so that means even the Cosby universe. Right. Because you could maybe see Theo. Look, the different world, different world writes itself. It went off 20 years ago. Yeah. Dwayne and Whitley's kid is in college now. Yeah. Like that writes itself. It does, but that's never going to happen because of the connection, yeah. right? That's never going to happen. Uh, you know, you just mentioned girlfriends. That's never going to happen between no. the the issues on the set and the fact that um, Tracy Ellis Ross has moved on. She's moved on to bigger and to, better to things. bigger better things. I I don't know what black show gets re revamped or brought back before Living Single. I don't know. What's up before Living Single? I thought Rock died too soon, but let's see. They're, they're Rock all... never had Rock never had the following like yeah, the shows no, that we never that, that, that we named. Never. I think uh, they're rebooting Sister Sister. Are they really? They're bringing it back. Oh, right. So I actually think they could bring Living Single back. I absolutely. I don't know if you could get Queen Latifah on weekly, like you said, but I think a Netflix series you could absolutely. And and you see them all pop up. You see, you, you know, you see these actors pop up periodically. So you know they're all still working. They're all still working. They're all still still um, doing good stuff. So 
But yeah, yeah. Okay, Alexander showed up on uh, Queen Sugar. Yeah. 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 T.C. Carson showed up on Greenleaf. How about that? Yeah. So, you know, they're around. Yeah. And Erica Alexander, I don't know if you know that. She, she is, okay. along with Concrete Park. That, yeah. That comic mm-hmm. book. She's writing another comic book. I know. I know. So she's got her nerd bona fides. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't. Then how do you know? I just noticed she, you know, because I read Concrete Park. Oh. So she's kind of on my radar, but I didn't. She is writing a comic book with Joss Wheaton. Oh, very nice. Yes. Very nice. I believe it's like another, like, Buffy. All right. Yeah. All right. Out of here. So she's doing her thing. Yes. Do her thing. So yay living single. So that means, yeah, I might be able to get with Erica. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like Erica. I hate mayonnaise. No, she's a triple. I did not know that, but it does not surprise me in the least. She's a triple. She's Desert Rose triple. All right. I know you like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I got to find that interview when I... Told her. Well, anyway, so anyway, um, <laughs> what you doing with that baby oil? <laughs> We're recording. We're going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> then we're going to get into "Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song." Keep the faith in me, and you my man. You my favorite man. Can you take it, baby? Every dollar we make, the Guinness get 20, the police get 40, and Goldbergs get 50. Anybody can tell you that don't add up to a dollar. That adds up to a dollar and a dad. No, I haven't seen him, sweet back. I haven't seen the cat. I mean, I, I don't want to see him. You just keep leaning and leaning and leaning. Get the f*** for my Batman! I'm, I'm clean, man. Look, I'm clean. There's nothing there. Look, look. Leave. Split. Leave, mother. to me slapping up on some white cops. <laughs> yes, indeed. I'm going to say a black Ave Maria for you. Sweetback's Badass Song, 1971, Melvin Van Peebles film about the main character, Sweet Sweetback, who, after saving a Black Panther from some racist cops, spends the rest of the film on the run from the police and utilizing allies that he makes in the black community and among the dispossessed throughout the United States, he eventually escapes 
this is a film that is universally acknowledged as the beginning of the black exploitation movement. And it is, again, w- without doubt, one of the pillars of black film. As we approach 100, it seems appropriate to do this. And this was the choice of Lynn Webb. What do you have to say about Sweet Sweetback's badass song, Lynn? What happens when things get um, rebuilt, what happens is that the foundation is usually, you know, bulled over and covered and built upon that, you know, because you build upon what came before. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you mentioned how Sweet Sweetback's badass song is one of the pillars of black cinema. Yes. I think... In fact, that it was one of the pillars of black cinema. However, instead of bulldozing this movie, they put dynamite to it. Okay. And blew it up. Mm -hmm. Because they're out there. Among all you legions of people who herald this film as such an important piece of cinema, there are some... Other folks, some apparently more learned folks, smarter people, who realize that this movie is nothing but one man's wet dream. Yeah. This movie is disgusting. Mm. This movie is puerile. This movie is dumb. This movie makes Absolutely, positively, uncategorically, no sense. It is not uh, to say that is poorly acted is to do the art of acting a disservice. This movie is horrible. Mm. And this is one of the worst films that we have ever reviewed on this on the mission. Mm. And I'm not even going to start with the fact that Melvin Van Peoples should be somewhere in a jail cell right right now for filming his son yeah. Who couldn't have been more than maybe 12, 14 years. I think, I think years, it was 10. 10 years old? Yeah, I think it was 10. 10 years old, laying down with a grown naked women, woman within, what, five minutes of this film being on air? It's his origin sequence. Well, I guess he's like twelve. I'm, okay, you know, so he's, 11, about, he's 12. about twelve years. It doesn't, 11, even, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's probably. It, it 11. does not even matter. That scene now, the the joke forever has been that you know when you have a, a, a boy sleeping with a grown woman, it's right. uh, it's you know it's him becoming a man. And it's the other way around. It's rape. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, but uh, uh, 
in these more enlightened times, and to be honest, it's not these times. It's probably just dates back into the seventies or late seventies, eighties, when they realized that yo, you know, this is this is not cool, and that's when the statutory rapes. I mean, uh, there were contemporary reviews that said this the same thing though. This isn't something were, yeah. you know people didn't just start saying this in well, eighty three. So that's true. But the thing so is, you're right. But the thing is, while there were reviews that said that, the reason why you still got away with it at that time is because of the patriarchal nature of not just Hollywood, society itself. Right. So they saw that scene and they just saw some boy, you know, becoming a man. Right. You know, come on, be a man, sweet back. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how it came off. And that's that's how it was celebrated in the black community. In the right. barber shops and on the basketball courts, you know, of of the day, you know, so that's how how that scene was celebrated. Not not seeing it for what it was, you know, an extremely awkward scene, especially considering that you could tell that for the most part, both of those people were naked. Now I don't know if maybe there oh, was yeah. something in between them, but the the legend goes that. There wasn't much in between them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the legend goes that there certainly wasn't nothing between Melvin Van Peoples and every other woman that he beds down in this film. Because the legend goes is that on many of the many of those scenes, he actually is having sex. Yes. You know? Um, and, of course, how could he not? Because in this movie, there I'd be hard-pressed to find two women in this movie who have clothes on every woman if they have clothes on they are immediately about to take them off yes you know in in front of in this entire movie right that so so that is just a window into the world of what he's trying to p- portray as far as his mindset um, about women black women and white women you know in this film, all right. Um, then the other thing that this film gets heralded for is because it's about the man. It's about you know, black man being um, running away from the man. You know what I mean? Or take it, or or I've seen it that he's taking on the man, but he's really not taking on the man. He's taking it on the lamb from the man. That's right. all he's doing in this movie is running. And he's not even smartly running because he gets caught about eight freaking times in this stupid movie. Mm-hmm. Every, every freaking time he gets, he gets caught. And then he just sits there with some dumb look on his face that I guess Melvin Van Peebles thinks is him being stoic, but it's actually just him looking like he's got down syndrome in this entire story. Stupid ass movie. This movie mm. is is it made it, this movie actively made me mad mm. that I was watching it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and but but okay, so that's what they talk about. This is this is about the man and like and, and all this other type of stuff. And this is the beginning of the black exploitation era. Well, Quiet is kept few and far between the black exploitation era. A lot of those movies didn't need necessarily have to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Or if they did have to happen, unfortunately, what this film showed is that you could do those films on a super duper low budget and story be damned. And unfortunately, there are a great deal of black exploitation films that follow that motto. You know, there are some that didn't or elevated themselves to to higher standards. 
Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Such as you know, Superfly and right, and, and, right, and Cleopatra Brown and 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 others of that ilk. But there are a lot that just followed on the aesthetic of just get a brother, show that brother, take some chicks' clothes off, smack smack a couple of chicks around, shoot a couple of, and beat up a couple of white guys, and say I'm sticking it to the man. And boom, we've got a movie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And as important as people want to say, this film film is at the time that this film came out in 1971 there were already movies better movies that were speaking about you know this same sort of situation about um black man's uh, uh um be, having the white man having his neck on the black man in the inner city about the 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 disparity of of the inner city versus uh, the city whites and, and blacks and, 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 and the, and the viewpoint of the, the black, the black man who has, who has um, not gotten his fair shake. There have been tons of movies about this coming from as, as far back as 1965 into 1971. So it's not like this was you know, ahead of his time story-wise mm-hmm. either, you know? it. Th- this is just a really, really badly made movie. It's, th- there's nothing good about it. The only good thing that comes about this movie is that this movie gave Earth, Wind & Fire its break because they were yes. basically an unheard of band yeah, and yeah. he needed somebody to perform the music for the for the uh for the movie. However, the mu- music that they pre- perform was composed by Melvin Van Peoples. Yes. So he got a band destined to be one of the greatest bands of all time, right. yet he didn't trust them because they weren't unheard of right. to compose music for his his movie. So he composed the music and then had them perform his music right which is horrible music oh I, it is horrible well, i disagree with a lot but i completely badly played that. music it is it is off key at points he goes on to talk about how and and then he comes up with these total bs reasons for why he was cutting these corners like you know people weren't thinking about mo- movies from um they were thinking script and and, mm-hmm. and pictures, but they weren't thinking script, pictures, and music. And so I was the first one to put that together and made sure that my music was was uh, 
syncopated with the pictures and the words uh, perfectly to, to create the, the full the full experience as I wanted it. That is such bullshit. How is it bull if it's I true? find it to be bullshit because he used the same piece of music 8,000 freaking times. There's no way that same freaking piece of music fit every one of those freaking scenes in this movie. In this movie, otherwise, if that is the tr- if that is the case, that's another proof that this movie is bad because it must be one note because that mute that music can't fit the the uh, can't fit the the storyline of everything that's happening uh, unless your story is just a basic straight line and has no ups and downs, mm-hmm. no no nowhere to go because it's the same. Dumb one little chunk of music, and it's not even a whole piece. It's like about two minutes of the same thing, and then it, it, uh, it like doesn't even it badly loops over. Mm-hmm. It's there's nothing good about this film. The acting is bad. There's only excuse me. There's one other good thing about this mu- mm-hmm. about this movie. In a minute and a half. John Amos right. shows up in this movie and shows everyone how to act. I disagree with about 90% of everything you just You said. can disagree with 90% of what I have to say, and that's fine. But never before on this mission have I questioned your intellect. Okay. Before now. Yes. Because I think that you love this film, and I do not understand I how. do love this film, but I love this film... We'll put it this way. I'll frame it like this. And I think, you know, it's probably not going to make on the podcast. We had like a half hour conversation about comics before we start taping. You know, we're comic fans. And I think if you look at 1938, okay, comic books, okay, like the very first Superman, very first Batman, very first. And and the thirty eight ones, like like not the Marvel ones, the thirty eight, you know, again. And I think there is, they're they're very crude, mm-hmm. but there is a primal energy there mm-hmm. that leads to other things, mm-hmm. and you have to acknowledge the primal energy where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I think there is a primal energy to Sweet Sweetback's badass song that. It's it's cheaply made. Yep. Guerrilla filmmaking, as you said, I will say this. I think some of the sharp cuts, I think some of of the imagery, I think the way that he, you know, um, like you said, syncopated the music with the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think it's deliberate. I mean, if you look at people really look. You look at the man's biography. This is not somebody like this man is an artist. He's a painter. He's a musician. Now, you don't have to like it. But to say that it's just sort of thrown together, I think, is just factually incorrect. How 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 is that not factually incorrect? Because the man had a plan. Like, you look at him and he talked about planning it. You know, you talked about the script. He talked about the story. I mean, this is not something that he did on the fly. Again, you don't have to like the execution, but factually, mm-hmm. this man had a plan. So that's the first thing, the fact that there is this primalness to it. Mm. 
connected to that, I think, within the context of 1970. Like you said, there were films dealing with this, and I'm curious about what films you're talking about, because I think the thing about Sweet Sweetback's badass song is that this is one of the very few films, and again, now these are facts, what I'm about to say. Bring it. That were made with a primarily black audience in mind. Okay. In 71. And you know, it's all the black exploitation things that they say that, you know, this stuff became sort of um, surprise hits because the movie houses were in the ghettos and in the inner cities that had pretty much been abandoned by white flight. So you get these films aimed towards these black audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think within that context, this is an important film storyline it it's it's the storyline you it's it's some some corrupt policeman after you and you're trying to escape the radicalism comes because he actually escapes like i don't think i don't know how much of this film is when we say you know he's taking it to the man like that's more of an invention of the black exploitation period. Like I'm fascinated by how pieces of this were taken from it and turned into something different. We've talked previously when we talked about um Cleopatra Jones in particular, right. how how you know the fact that this is actually a, a, a radical and a rebel fighting against the policeman and you know these films a couple of years from now now turn this black figure into a policeman so that it gets co-opted I think something that I had forgotten is the across the board alliances that he makes like we talk about the black community protecting him which again is amazingly radical that this community is protecting this man but it's all aspects of the community you have you you have just you know regular black people you know quote unquote working men you have representatives of the black church which you never see the black church in these films represent you know being a part of the quote unquote movement we'll get to women in a second I thought it was fascinating that there's a scene where there are gay men of color who are part of this alliance. Because by my read, you know, one of the things that goes on again and again is the the policemen are looking for him and they're always asking people, have you seen him? Yes. And what I inferred is that every single solitary person that told the police that they hadn't seen him were lying. Yes. That everyone has seen. So. It's it, it was really interesting to me that, you know, again, you get black people, you get, um you, you know, the preacher, you get gay black people and gay, you get the Hispanic community, you get disillusioned white people, all of these people where where, you, you know, it's not even subtext. It's text that all of these outsiders can work together as a collective against this corrupt police state. I think the role of women in this is a little bit more complicated than just they're all naked. I think, you you know, 
obviously the scene with him as a little boy is is you know and like i said when you were saying it almost immediately critics said this is mad problematic Mm -hmm. you know you had this little boy with this woman Sweetback, you you know he has the the power of his penis is his big thing yeah Sweetback has sex three times in this film you have that montage at the beginning where he's a little boy and then he grows up right i'm sorry four times right it's the montage at the beginning mm-hmm. he's part of this weird you, you know by my read almost avant-garde sex show that yes. they're having yes he has sex with the leader of no he has sex with the woman in exchange for her undoing his handcuffs yes he has sex with the white leader of the biker gang yes in all of those instances, if you go back and you look, and especially, again, when we think about the Black Buck superhero figure of the 70s, he's not the aggressor. In all of those cases, the women are the ones that either initiate sex or they're in control of what's going on. And that's really interesting to me. Again, when we say this is black exploitation, and you think about black exploitation, I mean, you roll your eyes, but which part is the lie? Like, don't tell me the lie. Like everything that I'm saying right now, I haven't gone into my opinion. I'm just saying the facts. Okay. So if you say no, there's actually a scene where he throws down a woman and says, "Give me that booty, woman." Then I'll say, "Oh, well, I missed that." Well, the white woman, he actually says that that's his weapon. They they say, "Choose your weapon." Choose your weapon. And he said, and well, he, my and, weapon and is, is is fucking." You mean right. you obviously you have to bleep that, but yes. that's what he says. But clearly, they're trying to escape, and he says it, and then. He used that to escape. But again, there's never a moment uh, when you think about a shaft, when you think about these, you know, what's going to come 10 minutes after this film becomes a surprise hit where, you know, again, you got this super dude throwing people around. I also think that you don't give enough credit for how radical black male sexuality is in this film when you think about the context where pretty much there is no black male sexuality i mean we talked a few weeks ago about to serve with love which i thought you know got a bad rap but generally black men were neutered so to have this just pure sexuality is important like it's important at this time i think it is primal I think it is is crude in the sense of, again, what it looks like. But, you know, again, I don't know the last time you read Action Comics, number one. Like, it's primal, it's crude, but it's something there. And again, I think you have to give Melvin Van Peebles his due and say that the imagery and everything in here was deliberate. Now, we can argue about execution, and um, I like the music. I think the music fits. I I, I think he's. I, I think once. I think once he. I mean, you know, when he beats the policeman into unconsciousness with the handcuffs. I mean, I thought that was a little on the nose as far as the imagery of mm-hmm. using your shackles to beat a policeman down. But I think part of the reason that I thought it was on the nose is because in 2018 there's been. 50 years of people using a version of that imagery of black men 
breaking their shackles and using those shackles as weapons and doing like this is where it starts. Like this is the beginning right here. So, you know, I am a fan of the well, no. I think this is an important film. I think it's an important film. I don't. Okay. I hear your argument about all that all that jazz and um I guess there there are pieces of film where you can see things you watch it and I think I think your 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 vantage point of the film is valid. I, however, for reasons of my own, and maybe it's just my own prejudices, believe that close to very little of your thinking of the imagery in this film was in Melvin Van Peebles' mind when he was doing it. Because why? Like you don't think, like you don't think, like you don't grant the man the status of artist. No. Okay. Because? Because I don't see a lot of talent in this production. I think that's two different questions, though. Like, I think it's lots of bad artists. Like, I think it's, like, like when, when I think sloppy, mm-hmm. I think, um, trying to think of something that's okay sloppy. there are bad artists right right there are ba- there are bad artists we're comic book we're comic book fans right which we can't we can't argue that because that's just right. subjective all i'm saying is the man is an artist okay but we we can we can look at comic book art and we know that there are some comic book art that is more dynamic than others yes some that is just serviceable yes and there's some that we may subjectively think is bad right yet at its root in all of them there is the building blocks of comic book art okay panel construction anatomy some some form of storytelling right maybe the storytelling is not that great maybe the anatomy is not that great or whatever but you can see the building blocks there right right so and in and in doing so, then that person, regardless of what we may think of the end product, has earned rightfully the term of being an artist. Okay. When I look at this film, the writing, the plot feels to me like it was made up as it went along. I mean, it's that not he, a plot. There is exactly. no plot. Like, so, so, so I think in doing, and because of that, the purpose of the scenes that you speak of, I think it was just happenstance. You, 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 you get to the end and like, oh my God, look what I, what I made. This kind of speaks to this. This kind of speaks to that. This kind of speaks, this, this kind of speaks to this. I don't think he actually did that. So just biographically, when you read about this film and and you have people that say it, you you know, where he says, you you know, he wanted to finance it himself, 
himself because he didn't want to change the story. And, you know, he gets he borrows the money from Bill Cosby and, you know, actors turned down the role because it wasn't enough words, one enough words. Like, again, there's I, I, you can't deny the documentary evidence that the man had a plan. I, I don't for some reason you know how some so you're saying everybody's lying well i'm not saying everybody's lying all right all we're really hearing is him no no you're not there's you hearing every every dude thing i read was him dude bill Co- i mean i mean no you know. bill cosby lent him money no yeah, no 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 that bill cosby has gone on record and, and you know the reason i'm sort of really adamant about this frankly not because i'm a sweet sweetback's badass song scholar but when sweetback the film version came out there was all of this scholarship and all of these interviews. I mean, whether you're talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire, whether you're talking about Bill Cosby, whether you're talking about John Amos, like there are so many people that have said Mario Van Peebles always had this vision. Like this is like what I'm pushing back against you is not the quality of the final product. What I'm pushing back is this sentiment that this is like one of them one, one you know one of them Vivica Fox movies that went straight to to video back mm-hmm. in the 90s mm-hmm. like the man had a vision he had a plan he executed it and i think i think i am much more comfortable that this is more of an experimental film and it should be judged like that than you you know you you know like you said things about plot things about script i don't think you, you you know and let's be clear i do think that there is a lot of overlap between you know kind of after the fact you said all this stuff mm-hmm. and an actual vision but again i think if you look at melvin van peebles biography like like this is somebody who actually you know, study different types of art and he worked in the end and like he did all this stuff and it lines up with what he was saying at the time. So that that's all I'm saying. So that again, I really do think about this. Like I think about, like I, I would, I was really thinking, you know, I'm reading action comics number one, which again, if you ever read action comics, number one is damn near unreadable. Right. But the power is there, and you can see a straight line between that and what has come. And and if I'm in the bag for it, on in, from any any perspective, it is just the sheer radicalism of it. Like 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 I think this is a much more radical film for ironically reasons that we don't talk about. Like I named all the alliances. Like did I mention poor white people? how there are poor white people that are part of, of this community that he puts together mm-hmm. to help him escape. Like this is damn near a communist manifesto. Mm-hmm. 1969 change of mind, uh, starring Raymond St. Jock, mm-hmm. a white man's brain is transplanted into a black man's skull. 1970, Tick, tick, tick. Racial tensions threaten to explode when a black man is elected sheriff of a small, racially divided town in the Deep South, starring Jim Brown. Yes. Um, Halls of Anger from 1970 with Calvin Lockhart, an all-city 
An all-black inner-city school has to become an integrated school with a few dozen white kids transferred, but the black students are aggressively opposed to this. Watermelon Man from 1970. Yes, right, which, which, he, Cambridge. which he wrote the, the script. Which, which Melvin Van Peoples wrote, wrote the script, yes. wrote and directed. And directed, he's, yes. He's listed as the director of that film, an extremely bigoted white man finds out the hard and somewhat humorous way what what it's like being a black man firsthand. Uh, And reportedly, while he did direct that film, reportedly he says he doesn't like what the overall finish product was. Right, which is part of the reason he was so adamant about having control of of this film. Well, the Watermelon Man, I will will say... understand that he had problems with the finished product i like the watermelon. i was about to say i thought you i, I like the watermelon man too. i enjoyed the watermelon. yeah now why did you list those films i'm listing these films as well as cotton comes to harlem which came out in 1970 uh, as well as just uh examples of where black cinema was Around the time that sweet, sweet. It's not about where black cinema was as an art form. It's about where black cinema was as a political statement. Half of those movies you just named, the black characters are playing policemen or teachers or authority figures. The radicalism of this film is that the this is a black man completely outside the system. That's his whole argument. That's his whole argument for the black exploitation film. He said half the movies, these black people are policemen. So they're agents of the state that we're fighting against. Or they're pimps and drug dealers and people who are actually hurting the system. And again, and, and what is Sweetback? Sweetback is, 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 is basically a cipher who represents the community like the whole radical notion of sweetback is that he gets away like his getting away is in and of itself in 1971 a radical statement so no he's not no he's not the head of the panthers he's not you you know some type of savior figure but in 1971 the fact that he gets away and by my read which 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 spoke to me the most the fact that he brings all these disparate elements of outsiders together and makes it work is is that's amazing to me it's amazing to me where, you know, we talked about it racially, which surprised me. Like, I had forgot because I haven't seen it in probably seven, eight years. I had forgotten that there were black people and Hispanic people that he had also pulled in. 1971, this film is saying that in our fight, there is a place for the church and for the homosexual community. You don't see nothing like that now. You don't see nothing like that. Now, you find the most radical, blackity, blackitist, black, black person on YouTube, and they talk about these people, and and you are hard-pressed to find somebody saying that there is a space for these people in the struggle. And for him to say that in 1971, yeah, I'm not just going to say he threw this together. This is important. This is still important. It's people I think need to see this right now. Like I'm not, you know, I don't like to term hotep for a lot of different reasons, but it's a lot of kente cloth looking like extras in an arrested development video 
on YouTube right now wearing koofies and talking about what we got to do need to see Sweet Sweetback's badass song right now and get some lessons. They will not learn anything from this movie because this movie, it, yes, it's kind of cool that he gets away. All right, you barely know that he gets away. That's bad storytelling. He it, uh, there's there's a there, there's actually a voiceover, and it says at the end he got away and he's coming back to get his due. Oh no, I know there's a voiceover at the end. No, no, because no, because they had they didn't have any footage of him no, no, running no. away. But you said you barely know. No, you don't barely know. You know, Man, it's no room for interpretation. Ends. It kind of does just end. Oh, absolutely. It kind of just ends. Oh, it absolutely just ends. So, but. Huey Newton thought the Black Panther should see it. I don't care what Huey Newton thought. You think anybody checking Huey Newton to see whether or not he, he yay or nays on a movie? Nobody give a damn what Huey Newton thinks about music, about movies? And, the, and this was required viewing for the Black Panthers? Required then I would have I would have up and walked out. You would have got me signing on well, if I had know. to sit and watch this piece of shit. Again, I think the irony is that a lot of the messages got lost. Because it's a piece of shit. Uh, the not. movie is bad. It's the movie not. is badly made. If he had all these highfalutin ideas in, in him, he certainly didn't learn anything from it. If 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 his only ex- lesson from the watermelon man was that mm-hmm. he doesn't want anybody to mess with him, then he needs to go back to school. And then maybe it's telling that he ain't really did much much since then. Because the watermelon man, for whatever reason, it's a. A, a competent structured story. Yes. There is no competency at all on 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 viewing in this sweet sweetbacks bad ass movie. Again, I think you're looking at it from the point of view of entertainment. I'm looking at it from the point of view of entertainment because first and foremost, it has to entertain. It has to entertain you in order for you to be able to then grasp hold of the lessons that it's trying to take. Well, and you uh, serve. You cannot be entertained. Well, you cannot grab any lessons if you can't understand what the hell is well, going on. Somebody was entertained. Like I hate to play this card with these movies, but it, I mean, it was a hit. Like it was a hit? Of course it was a hit. What do you mean? Of course it was a hit. It's what lots else was of because because it's this movie that everybody's hearing about. That you know, oh my god, you know, there's a boy having sex in this. Oh, in this it's movie. not just the boy having sex. Oh no, you're right because there's tons of there's tons of other sex going it's on in here. Four sex scenes, and there's and there's a guy that, and it's actually less sex in this film than in Shaft. I don't think so. It's I think there, I think there's I think there's more sex. There's here. less sex in this film than in Shaft. I know. No. 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 There's less sex in no. this film than in Shaft. No, you're I wrong. believe there's less sex in this film than in Superfly. Well, that's true. But it's disturbing cuz it starts with the boy. And I will say this, I don't think that was him trying to be radical. I think that was him just establishing the power of this, you know, black penis, but that was him not giving a damn. About there's, the there is a, it, it, there is a lot less sex in this than I think you're saying it is. There's an, there's enough, there's enough sex that Lily Triple thought this was soft porn, <laughs> and I, I'm not even putting. I, right, she was saying that after the first ten minutes, and yeah. I was trying to tell her it's not soft porn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was, I was fighting a losing argument for a minute. Then. Right, right, right. Because then he's looking at his butt. <laughs> I so think yes, it's, it was a hit. So people, because because it, it had it had like eight eight 
rounds of of titties in the first in the first twenty minutes, and then it, it yes, you've got a, a guy badly beating up somebody, beating air with uh with with his uh, handcuffs, yeah, you know, and then strangling somebody with with handcuffs, and I don't know, they, they look like they were about to kiss to again. Me. But that that speaks to quality. That speaks to quality. No, it's, it speaks to quality. And I think you really are not giving it its due for what a radical image that is. Nah. No, you can't. Nah. That is off the top of your head. What year is in the heat of the night? Do you remember 60 what? 68. 67, 68. Less than five years previous, they, they edited out a policeman slapping someone who went on to be partially responsible for a murder because of race. I don't think you can really undersell or oversell how important this is that he kills or he beats up. Well, he kills the second set, but but that he beats up these corrupt policemen. So which is the more important scene? Oh, I think this is. Oh, I think this very much is. You don't think that you don't think in the heat of the night is, is what gets you to that scene? Not at all. Not at all. I think any time, and, and this is something that I really? com- I completely go along with Melvin Van Peebles. I think any time you have the image of a black policeman, by definition, it is co-opted. Because he's representing the police. So if you are coming from the point of view that, you know, not to get all new Jim Crowy, but if you are coming from the point of view that the system is set up to hold down poor black people, then if you have somebody, I don't care if it's if 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 it's if it's um if if it's um Cleopatra Jones, I don't care if it's Sidney Portier in the heat of the night. If you come at it from this perspective, then yes, this black man fighting these corrupt police first of all first of all we've skipped over how radical it is to depict the police not policemen but the police as corrupt that's not that's not radical they did that in uptight did they do the police or did they do singular policemen because if i remember uptight it was you, you know it's it's like it's um it's um i just forgot his name with three names Raymond St. Jock. No, not Raymond St. Jock. The, 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 the black police. He, he's, he, he, uh, he know who I'm talking about. He's bald. And Roscoe Lee Brown. Oh, Roscoe Lee Brown. You have Roscoe Lee Brown. And then you have the 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 two uh the, the the two white policemen who don't even understand what's going on. And not for nothing, they're not corrupt. They're not corrupt because the dude actually killed somebody. Like they're actually trying to solve an actual murder. Whereas in Sweet Sweetback's badass song, they're framing him. Yeah, Uptight is a bad example. They're actually doing movie police stuff. This on film, the first... Dude, 1980-whatever, people were shocked and surprised that the policemen were kicking Rodney King. Shocked! I can't even believe this has happened. So yeah, 1971... You you must give this its historic due. You don't have to like it. You don't have to say it was it was 
it was executed that well as far as on the level of of quality and and everything that you you know and i can't fight you but so hard like the only argument i got i'm gonna just keep saying action comics number one like the only that's the only argument i have action comics number one i think there is a primacy to it purely subjective but you cannot i mean you you got to give it its due as a historical piece of radical art no all right i don't i'm sorry well you're wrong no i'm not like you're wrong like you can call blue red but it's still blue well, I ain't calling blue red. No, you're calling blue red. Like not no, giving, not. like not this saying, this, like not saying that blue. what is is. This ain't blue. I mean, okay. This ain't blue. Uh, all right. This is blue. It's brown. All right. <laughs> so, I'm going to assume. So, please, if you have not seen Sweetbacks. Sweet, 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 sweet backs, backs, badass, badass song. song. Do yourself a favor and run away from this movie. There is absolutely, positively, no reason in 2017 for anyone to watch this film. No, 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 no. No. Maybe it is the first time that certain things happen and the first time you see certain things happen on on a screen. You know, I can't speak to historically to that. So perhaps it is. And in in so doing, that may be radical of that to be depicted. However, the depiction of it is so poor that it is does not deserve viewing. In my viewpoint, Vince is about to tell you how wrong I am. Dorian's about to write us about how wrong I am. Omar's going to hit us up on Twitter and talk about how wrong I am. Hey, man, uh, you every- stand alone. Stand strong. I'm going to stand alone. I'm going to stand right here. You the, 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 the $10 million the triples, they're going to tell, tell me that I'm, 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 I'm going to play Earth, Wind, and Fire behind you. Do, 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 do. Oh, please, do, do not. Do, do, not play their earwig ever again. I think you got to watch it once. I think you got to watch it. I think you must watch Sweet Sweetback's badass song. I completely agree with Lynn about the execution. I think this is a film that it doesn't I think the 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 the, the content of the film does not hold your attention. I think it's not a piece of entertainment. I don't think it's entertaining at all. But I also acknowledge that part of the reason I don't find it entertaining is because I'm looking at it in 2018. And I've had the luxury of having, you know, 40 years of stuff that came after it, that took Mm -hmm. some of that primacy, that took some of that energy and made it more uh, palatable and more entertaining. I I think when you hear about this film, and everything because you know everyone you hear about this film and you know the beginning of black exploitation you begin of black exploitation i think it's a really interesting film to watch divorced from what it wrought you know back to maybe the you, you know i'll i'll switch from from um soup from action comics to detective 
38, first appearance of Batman. And when you read it and you think about, oh, it was the first superhero, one of the first superheroes, you know, one of the, the, the primary superheroes. But when you read it, it reads more pulpy because that was the tradition it came from. So it's fascinating to read it on its own and see how it's so different than what you think it's going to be based on what came afterwards. And I think that is this. I think that is a more apt um, parallel with "Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song" because again, I think he was seeing himself in the avant-garde tradition. I think he he was seeing himself in a lot of different traditions. And when we think about it, we think about it. You, you know, again, the term these, like you said, he doesn't even really fight anybody in the movie. Like we think of these larger than life, Jim Brown. You 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 know uh, Fred Williamson, black exploitation heroes. Sweetback is not that dude. So I think it's interesting. I think you got to watch it at least once. So, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Go watch Sweet Sweetback's badass song or at least not once, according to Vince, and not and at all then, according then, to Lynn. And then you know, say I should have just listened to Lynn. Should have just listened to Lynn. I should have just. I should have just jumped straight to Soul Plane. <laughs> For the record, I think both Why Did I Get Married and Tyler Perry's Temptation, a film by Tyler Perry, are worse than this film. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm just going to let that wither on the vine right there as we shut down um, this episode of the Michelle Mission. Do we have any? I'm trying to think. Do we have anything that we need to tell everybody? Oh, we. I do have a bit of news for everyone. Remember last week <laughs> when we spoke about mm-hmm. that we have a huge screening coming up of um, that we're doing at the Black Panther on in February. Well. Word on the street is that we may sometime soon have more tickets available. We might. We might. Keep your fingers crossed, ladies and gentlemen. So if you didn't get an opportunity to get tickets and you're in the Philadelphia area, please email us at Mission at gmail.com so I can put you on a waiting list because the word on the street is that we may that's what they say that's what the streets are, the streets are talking the streets are talking the streets are talking ladies and gentlemen and they are saying how the hell y'all watch sweet sweet back's badass song yes. and I think I got I got your tickets for I got you tickets for Black Panther the streets are talking ladies and gentlemen so stay tuned we've got to get out of here this has been yet another obese episode <laughs> of the Michelle Mission. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, it is Vincent's film. Yes. And next, which means that next week we will be watching the Imitation, Imitation of Life. Life from 1934. 1934, I believe. Whatever yes. the 30s version is. Yes. So, so we'll be watching the 1930s edition. Yes, which of, I've never seen. So I'm really Imitation looking forward to this. Looking forward to that. Uh, that will be coming your way on episode 98. Woo! Wow. 98 of the Michelle Mission, which we 
eagerly await all of your feedback. Hit us up at MichelleMission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find our show streaming as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Look us up under podcasts on Spotify. And in a very truncated version, this show is available <laughs> as a radio broadcast on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, People Power Media, Philly and Camden, right here in the city of brotherly love. This is going to be a truncated and edited version this week. <laughs> because of you. Yeah, it was because of me. That's right. That's what, that's what, this, this, what this movie did. <laughs> All right, we've got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>